Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Season 2 of BCS Community Connections Podcast. Uh, this is going to be our first episode for Season 2. We finished out Season 1 uh, back in July, and today on the podcast, there's no better way to start off Season 2 than to start off with a company that has a great name, which is M&M Catering. So you probably thought I was going to say apparel, but I'm not. So, but I'm uh, I'm proud to have you guys in here, man. I was telling them before we got started today that I'd have to be cautious because I'm so accustomed to saying M&M Apparel that uh, when we're talking M&M Catering today, then I want to make sure I didn't screw anything up and say our name instead of theirs. So today on the podcast representing M&M Catering, I have Major Moore and Carol Moore. And so this is a husband and wife team that uh, started up M&M Catering. We're going to talk about that and talk about their business. And so I want to give them an opportunity to talk a little bit about themselves, talk about where they grew up, what brought them here to College Station. So I'm going to flip it. Let me flip it to Major first, uh, and then we'll flip back to Carol. Carol's over here collecting all of her thoughts. So Major, tell us where you grew up uh, and what brought you here to College Station. I grew up in Bryan. And, um, homegrown. Homegrown, yes. There you go. You go to Bryan High? Yeah, I went to I went to Lamar. I got my GED after the ninth grade. So I went, gotcha. to, I went, to, went to Lamar. And got my after that I got my GED. Okay, so you've lived here your whole life. Yes, sir. I lived there my whole life. All right, Carol. Um, I'm from Houston. I was raised up in Houston, and when my kids started school, I came down here to like put them in a smaller environment than Houston, and it's been good ever since. So what's great about this area, one of the things that I tell everybody all the time, to talk about living in College Station. First off, a lot of people don't know where College Station's at. I'm always surprised about that. I, I could probably go back maybe 20 years and say, yeah, if you asked me to point it on a map, I might have struggled with it a little bit. But this is a great place to be able to raise your family. It's one of those places that I always tell people it's, it's not big, it's just big enough, right? And it's got great schools here. It's got a great community really tight-knit community as well, too. So you guys, uh, and what brought you to College Station, Carol? I missed that part. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You brought, it, you brought them here to get them out of Houston. Houston, I, I didn't want them to start the Houston school districts. wanted a place to raise them in a smaller environment, a gotcha. smaller town. Gotcha. Well, you picked a great location. Yeah. So, great. All right. So how long ago was that that you moved here? I moved here 2001. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to assume this guy across the table over here, you ended up uh, meeting while you came to town. Tell yes. me how all that happened. Yeah. We actually met working at a place called Captain's Yard of the Boat. Yeah. It's shipwreck now. Yeah. It was the boat. Yeah. And now you're going back a little bit. Yeah. We started there. He was in the, um, both of us was in the kitchen. and That's how we met. Gotcha. And started dating and. Been together ever since. Got married two thousand four. Two thousand and four. Yeah, we were talking about that before we sat down. Seventeen years coming up here in September. Yes, September. Man, look, I'm impressed. So you guys have been together for seventeen years, and now we're going to talk about the history of M M&M and M catering and how it came to be. So initially, in my research, I was kind of asking some questions before we got started about when you guys started. And the Facebook page kind of looked a little bit different when I was going on there, but we were talking, and you guys officially started up in May of 2020. Correct. So yeah. you guys, during the pandemic, I want to make sure everybody hears this okay, you guys, during the pandemic, decide we're going to start a business. 
Correct. Yes. All right. Somebody walk me through that. I want to know how y'all made the decision to uh, to start a business in the middle of the pandemic. Okay. Um, he was working for. Uh, he had two jobs here. He was working for um, two hotels and ended up being laid off. And as a part of like furloughing for the pandemic, like yes, things were closing down. Yes. Yes, and I was a stay-at-home mom. And my hobby was sweepstakes. We did good. I don't know if you recall, but we were the ones that won the Nickelodeon JoJo oh. Toy Run. Oh man! Okay. Yes, at Walmart, and <coughs> we were just at home. You know, he was collecting unemployment, and yeah. he's been cooking over twenty years. Right. And we put our heads together and started discussing what can we do. And when we decided that we were gonna do it, we were supposed to start in February. The the pandemic hit, and we were like, "That's not." Yeah, we we was thinking it ain't gonna work out right, so that's not gonna work. And we paid for the building, paid for everything, and end up just say saying, "Let's start in May," and we just gave it a shot in May, and it worked. We was doing takeout curbside. Yeah, we were doing it blew up. Yeah, I mean, if you look, like, during the pandemic, one of the hardest hit areas was the restaurant food service industry. Now, you were in the hotel, which is probably one of the second hardest yeah, hit yeah. because nobody was coming, nobody's traveling, nobody's staying anywhere. Right. You know, we, we all around town, football games are canceled, sport events are canceled, nothing's going on. So you find yourself being furloughed off of a job and, and not being able to basically go back. You're working like a madman before this. Right. And so now there's this opportunity where you're sitting there going, okay, well, what can we do? You know, nobody's really, I mean, the one thing that we noticed during the pandemic is nobody's really hiring, right. you know, because there's all this uncertainty. The only place you're going to be able to land a job that everybody was certain about is you're going to be able to work in a hospital or you're going to be able to work at a retailer somewhere. Those are the, the places that kind of got the passes, I guess, when it came, <coughs> excuse me, when it came to, um, uh, uh, what was considered an essential business, right? right. Restaurants kind of were the ones that kind of got hamstrung on the backside. They were allowing people still to operate, but you had to operate in a different capacity. You couldn't have somebody come and sit in a location anymore. They had to close down their dining rooms and everybody ends up going to drive through. You guys are right knee deep in the middle of all this while all this is transpiring, and you guys decide to open this as as a catering business or more so as a pickup and takeout business. It started it's off right. as catering, but ended up as pickup pick takeout. Take yeah. We did better doing that because, like, the first year we didn't get any caterings because venues were closed. Sure. Yeah. You know, the pandemic started. You know, happening and. Just no one was calling, hey, I'm doing a wedding. You know, we didn't get any calls like that. Yeah, no, I mean, so you've got this vision. I mean, you have somebody who knows how to cook. Cooking's in your background as well, too. And so you guys are sitting there going, we can do this. But then, like, what the envisionment of what you're starting your business at now becomes kind of hamstrung up. And you're going, okay, we're going to have to figure out a way to be able to modify this a little bit. So that we can, you know, as we take off, still got bills to pay. You're sitting there going, listen, we, we, you know, we've got a place we're cooking out of and everything. We've got to be able to pay for all this stuff. We've got to pay for the food. Now you're doing takeout as well, too. So you guys initially started up with all that in place where a lot of businesses, like their takeout side with clamshells and everything else that they're having to put together to send people out the door with, 
that increased for them as an expense that they weren't planning for. You guys already kind of go in, start the business up, and already have kind of a game plan for that. What was the hardest part about starting this business in the middle of the pandemic? What did y'all see were your challenges there? Well, for me, I was scared because I was going in the stores, being exposed to COVID, I think more than anyone dealing with different customers just out when people were generally like staying in the house to avoid going to pl- going inside of places. That was one of the things that, you know, I was we was thinking about like, wow, we're gonna be exposed a yeah. lot more. Yeah, the fear was definitely it was definitely a, a fear based environment where people weren't real sure can I go out and if I do go out I gotta make sure that I've got all these protections. Yes. You know, I'm I'm social distancing. You you guys are you're trying to start up this takeout opportunity to give people a chance like, listen, I just know if y'all try my food you'll be okay. Yeah. You know, you're gonna wanna come back after you get done. But we gotta get you out here to try it first. And you guys don't have like a physical name on a location at the time that y'all start up, right? Oh. So you're almost working. Are y'all working in like a ghost kitchen environment where you're yes. basically utilizing another kitchen? Yeah, in the ghost kitchen. Okay. We utilize, yeah, we we um work around other people in the kitchen, so we we never had a logo outside though. So. Yeah, and so you guys operate out of is it Renegade Bakery that yes. y'all operate out of? So initially, here again, I'm just kind of thinking through these challenges of you're starting a business. You don't have a name on the outside of the business where people can see you. So you're really relying on word of mouth. Right. And you're relying on social media to kind of drive this business that you guys are trying to start. And we were talking before we sat down here, and probably your biggest avenue outside of your own social media page would have been BCS Meals and Deals. BCS Meals and Deals. Shout out to them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, BCS. They made it happen. Yeah, so, you know, Christine starts that page up over there. And, then, you know, we've had multiple conversations and podcasts in here. Not really, you know, people go on there now and it's like, hey, I'm looking for this. What suggestions do you have? There's 25,000 people on that page. So you can literally post something. And the next thing you know, man, you're going to have 150 responses on there from people who are not only are they giving their recommendation. Now there's also like this, like, Oh no, that's not the best place. This is the best place. And so even with your guys stuff, when I see it on there and people were asking about, Hey, we need somebody that can cater this meal in this time frame, And it's usually quick turnaround stuff. Like they, they don't have a, a great big plan of four or five months out. This is like, Hey, I got an event in like two weeks and I need something catered and it's not going to be huge where I'm doing 500,000 plates, anything like that. I need something where I'm doing 75 to a hundred plates. And then they drop a question on there. Where's a good place at? And then that was really kind of like when I came across you guys, I was telling you in here, that was where I started seeing your name start popping up. Well, of course the first thing, when I very first saw your name, I'm like, there's another place in town with M&M in it. I'm like, what? Well, people are going to think we started a catering business or something like that. And then I start, I go, well, what is this? Let me check into this. So you guys, your, your menu base is more so geared initially when you're getting up and running is Cajun Creole. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. What well, tell me where that derived from? Tell me what, you know, where was that your footprint that you wanted to settle in on? Okay. We were at home and we're always competing in the kitchen, yeah. and we decided to type to perfect sauces. So 
We was sampling with sauce. My sauce was the best, let's be honest. <laughs> His sauce was the best, and we went with it. Man, you, you're even, okay, so yeah. on the podcast here, yes. we want to make sure. Yes. We're giving Major the credit for the sauce. Yes, for the uh, seafood sauce. All right. And then. Congratulations, Major. We were <laughs> sampling Alfredo's. We came up with a awesome Alfredo sauce, oh, and that yeah. was mine. So that's how that came about. And we use our sauce for our seafood, our turkey leg bags, our turkey neck bags, our crab plates, shrimp plates. And they do pretty good. And we have um, Alfredo and we have shrimp Alfredo, chicken Alfredo, shrimp and sausage. And they, you know, they do good as well. Oh, yeah. So our sauces is what made our menu. And our sauce is unique because just can't nobody perfect the Alfredo sauces. It's going to be put some different stuff and it's so good. You ought to try it. Uh, well, listen, man, it's, it's coming up on lunchtime. You guys are making me hungry, all this talk <laughs> yeah. we're talking about here. So as you, as you start identifying yourself, like we've got to create something that sets us apart from everybody mm-hmm. else because that's the big thing in town. Like, you know, man, if you ask, like, uh, so-and-so barbecue joint, the first thing you start seeing, especially if it's on BCS Meals and Deals, is you start to say, that's just what we need is another barbecue that's joint in town, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, another chicken place. We another, didn't want to go that direction. Yeah. And so you guys now are kind of, of trying to kind of navigate, okay, this is where we're going to fall in line. We're going to do Cajun Creole. But you're also creating things on the backside to set yourself apart from that because it's really listen there's places in town that do you know a bunch of seafood stuff they'll do gumbo you know things that you can get and everybody kind of has their own little personal opinions mm. on all that stuff yeah, and yeah. You, you know listen bcs meals and deals a great place to see all those opinions yeah. you know but it is finding the the footing that is different than everybody else so in that avenue of of i guess questioning here is what do you think, outside of your sauce, what do you think sets you apart from competitors who are in the same field of what you guys are doing? What makes y'all different? I think our variety. We have seafood bags, turkey leg bags. We have fried foods, fried fish, fried shrimp, gumbo. I think it's the variety of food that we have. Everybody don't eat seafood yeah you know so yeah we have turkey necks (coughs) turkey legs pasta you know with our seafood so i think it's the variety that well and the fact that y'all are in the catering business Mm -hmm. not everybody's gonna say hey bring me a bunch of cajun this or that you guys also mix outside of that y'all do lasagnas yeah you do pastas you do some things also outside of that which if you go to these other places that do seafood or cajun style it's specific to that like Mm -hmm. their menu ranges a few things and it stops and in y'all's world, y'all are like, listen, you know, our yeah, ma- whatever they want. Whatever yeah, they I mean, our main is. our main line source is catering. That's where we want yeah. to grow the business at. So, you the, your flexibility to be able to turn on a dime because you are a small business, mm-hmm. be able to source the goods that you're going to need. So it's also one of these deals. Like if a customer calls you and says, "Hey, listen, man, I you know I've got a wedding coming up and I want to do an Italian themed wedding." Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting there, hey, we can we can lean into that. We've got some stuff that we can lean into that. Or if they're sitting there, 
saying, I want to do barbecue or I want to do this or I want to do that. You guys have the flexibility to move on that. Correct. Even though it may not necessarily be right on your menu there to serve, yeah. y'all can still on the backside pre-plan all of this other stuff, still let them come and sample what it is that you're looking yeah. to cater uh, and then push that through. Now, during the pandemic, catering, like we were saying, was not the primary focus, even though that's in the name. Right. Really what you guys were doing was you were doing uh, uh, I take, out, be, take out. That's what I was trying to yeah. Like brain locked up there on me. So they were able to basically order from you guys and then swing by, pick it up, take it home. They could order enough for individual mm-hmm. or they could do family, family whatever right. the case may be. And you guys were basically working out of the kitchen and then providing mm-hmm. that to customers. And y'all probably stayed in there for a while. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And then... When did you start noticing catering kind of starting to maybe pick back up a little bit? To be honest with you, this, the beginning of the year, of this, of this year. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so when things kind of started loosening back up, uh, some of the regulations started getting a little leaner where people, you know, uh, I, I think turning points, especially even for us as a business, turning points for us were really like, when the mass became optional and yeah. when things weren't on full lockdown, they started allowing people open up, open up restaurants and open up different stuff. Yeah. Events were starting to get yeah. scheduled up again. Hotels Football. are now yeah. starting to pick back up. People are coming to town, you know, cause you guys rely on multiple things, you know, in the catering business, you guys can end up working in events where mm-hmm. people are doing things, whether it's hotel, business conferences, things like that, where you can provide that. even, even business luncheons. So like, let's say there's, you know, you want to feed your, your workers in your business yeah. or whatever yeah. that you guys can then kind of step forward, go, we can plan this out for you. And, and what do you guys want to feed your folks? But then also we're starting to see my wife just got back from Nashville this last week on a girl's trip. Mm-hmm. And she goes, that's the most people I've ever seen in a location that I've been in forever. But one of the things that's starting to happen now and you're starting to read about it is travel has been one of those things that's really picked up. It's like the first summer in almost two years for most people that they've been able to go and take a trip with their family or their friends or whatever. And so you're seeing more and more people starting to travel into locations. But one of the things that she commented about was she commented about all these people that are down there. I saw so many wedding parties that are down there and, you know, honeymoons and, Uh, bridesmaid stuff going on so that kind of leans into the next question is for a while there there weren't any weddings going on we had friends that had weddings planned that were like we're gonna have to push this down the road man because number one people don't want to get together number two trying to find locations where people would be able to house an event even if it was like a hundred people for a wedding or whatever most places weren't just readily going oh yeah we'll take a hundred people over here to yeah to hold your wedding on or whatever even though those were places that were struggling as well too you know most people were looking at you know outdoor venues because of the virus they didn't want to have indoor stuff and even businesses that were uh that were reception areas for that kind of stuff didn't want to have their name attached to a potential outbreak. Like if all these people got together and they go, Oh, well this business let this wedding go on. And now all of a sudden the business is tainted because they allowed it. Right. So for you guys, as y'all start seeing things open back up and we're coming around, we were talking about before we came on air, we're talking about football season coming back around. Now all of a sudden, do you guys see, or do y'all have plans? Where do y'all, 
there's going to be these football watching parties and you got tailgate hopefully that's going to go back on and everything else do you, are y'all starting to kind of talk amongst each other about leaning into that on you know having football platters and things like that where people yeah. will be able to come and get stuff yeah we like we um like doing um football last year we had we had um like Aggie did, Aggie specials, they like twelve. We had Aggie football Aggie. specials, yeah. But we we plan to do platters. Platters. Too. We've already working on that. We plan to be at, at events. We have a food truck that should be ready. Yeah. Within maybe four to six weeks. Yeah, and this is a big deal for you guys because this now makes you mobile. Yes. And it allows you to get places easier. Yes. Whereas. If y'all cater up stuff now, is this are y'all like cooking it, throw it in a car, and rolling it over to wherever yeah, you're catering? Do it that way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So now all of a sudden, you're mobile. Everything can Everything. be cooked on site, prepped yes. on site, yeah. you know, served on site. Y'all, how excited are you about that? We're excited. Very We're still going to keep the commercial kitchen. Yeah. We're going to keep that as well still because you have some customers that just want to do takeout curbside. Sure. And they the don't want the main thing is there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all grown that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of to an extent, even though it's M&M catering, that's really kind of where you had to start your business out to survive. Right. You know, so it's, those customers that I'm sure y'all have repeat customers that y'all yeah, see like yeah. every week, like, I know what you want. I already yeah. got it ready to go. Let yeah. me go get it set up for you. You know, and now y'all are going to end up being able to service the community um, in a stretch. I mean, so now all of a sudden it becomes easier to say, okay, we've got this event. We'll bring the truck to you yeah. and we'll be able to serve right out the truck. Right. You know, so yeah. whether that's sporting events, whether that's uh, an out whatever family reunion any of this kind of stuff i mean you got all kinds of stuff that it opens you guys up to be able to do that yeah we're we're stuck with the name we were going to change the name because we start out as catering but we're doing plates where you can come in and get them so we was thinking like if we change the name you know they probably wouldn't it'll just confuse the customer so we're stuck with this name that yeah, we did, build. But we're doing caterings anyway, so we're going to yeah. keep it as catering. But we right, we do caterings, but we do more like pickup, yeah. checkout plates like that. Yeah. But Eminem catering, yeah. like for a food <laughs> truck, we were going to change the yeah. name. So I'll, I'll give you, I guess, a little insight to that because for the longest time we were monograms and more. And people questioned, like, why did y'all change the name to Eminem Apparel when you were mm-hmm. monograms and more for all mm-hmm. of this time. And so when we built this building and put it on, mm-hmm. we kind of saw this as an evolution of the business, definitely a new front look to the business. Okay. And the word monogram for us, even though people still recognize us and still even to this day call us monograms and more monograms for us carried that old kind of, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about that word just in general you think in old time past. And so we kind of looked at that and we went monograms more M and M. And then we brought that forward to M and M apparel. And so, but it is, I mean, to your point of what you were saying, like we started as M and M catering. And if we change that, you know, you're going to have that group of people that will always know you as M and M catering. And so even today, even if you pull an invoice, we get, you know, we kind of work two businesses here (laughs) where, we still have monograms and more listed on our invoice, so people kind of know if they're not familiar with Eminem Apparel, yeah. which is really kind of what we named into our retail side. They still understand, oh, okay, it's monograms okay. and more. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've heard go Eminem Apparel, and they go, oh, you know, they used to be monograms. Oh, I know monograms and more. I mean, because wow. 
that's you know 25 year of business there under that name before we moved into m M&M and apparel it's hard to change a name i know and and it's hard it's hard to do that when you're established yes. once you're established then people just they get they hang on to it get yeah. used to it mm-hmm. so but again you know if you are looking to change, you definitely want to do that as early on as possible because yeah. we created a little bit of confusion with it. I think our confusion was more so created in just daily conversation with people than it was like driving by. When you drive by and you see the outside of the building, mm-hmm. nobody really kind of puts it one way or yeah. the other. Yeah. If you knew we were here before, which we still have our old building, our old building had monograms and more on the outside of it. Most people, you know, in the beginning may have assumed that went away and this was a new business. Uh, and to us, what we saw it is we saw it as, as evolution and new growth. So the name kind of changed along with that. And there's some days that I go, that was a good decision. There's some days I go, well, you know, I don't know that was the best decision, but, you know, people still recognize us and we're still building the business through both avenues of names anyway. Okay. So, um, so advertising wise, let's talk about that a little bit. We talked about BCS Meals and Deals really being kind of this this key springboard for you, and mm-hmm. and you guys are one of many. You know, I, I there are man, I can't tell you how many restaurant businesses or new businesses or even old businesses that were tucked in someplace that people just didn't know about yeah. ended up like having one of their biggest years hmm. through an avenue like BCS Meals and Deals that had literally this social media word of mouth yeah right people going in there and talking about man just ate here and the food was so good or they're snapping pictures of stuff that they got from a place and like i said that's kind of where i learned about you guys from was on that page as well too y'all have your own page you have a facebook page for m&m catering um but did you feel like when the bcs meals and deals started up because that started up trying to think it was a little bit before you got open Mm -hmm. in the beginning of where everything kind of shut down Mm -hmm. which was end of march beginning of april of 20 i think that's where everything kind of started closing up so that's really it started up really close to around the time that you guys were looking to start your business um did y'all we know that it it was an avenue that grew quickly i was impressed to be real honest with you how quick that page took off. Like it started with just a couple hundred. Yeah. And then the next time I checked it, it was like, man, it's up to 2000 and check it in. And a couple of weeks later, it's 10,000. I mean, that thing carries 25,000 people. It's on there. Yeah. And so literally just a, and it was an almost like an open source for businesses. Mm-hmm. It was like, Hey, if you got a deal, drop it in here and yeah. people will look for it. And literally it became this, this avenue for people to go to like, okay, it's Monday. Let's see what specials are rolling around. Yeah. They start scrolling through there and seeing restaurants that were putting plates or putting, you know, weekly specials that was going to be going up. Did you guys did you guys take advantage of that while you were going through to put up those specials and things on there? We did. And how many people were you hearing that were coming into you or or I shouldn't say coming in because it was curbside, but were doing business with you? How many of them were feeding back to you that they were coming from that? Um, well, when I see a new face or a new customer, I automatically ask them, how, do you, how did you hear of us? And they would say, Facebook, BCS Meals and Deals, or someone shared your page. Yeah. That's the kind of feedback we were getting because we were getting customers, and I knew it wasn't just from our advertisement. Yeah. I knew it had to you know, be others, and 
BCS Mills and Deals, and we we got a lot of a lot of customers from BCS Mills and Deals. Yeah, and and I think what's critical for people to know about that there's two things to be said. Number one, that an open avenue like that where you know, Christine really just started it up as an opportunity for people just to, to, to kind of get, yeah, yeah, like, where can I get a, where yeah. can I get a deal at, you know? Yeah. And, and you weren't able to like drive around, you know, yeah. you weren't really seeing billboards outside of these businesses with their local deal, you know, today's special kind of deal on there or whatever. And people weren't able to go inside places anymore. So this mm-hmm. just kind of naturally became yeah. this little evolution of stuff where it allowed people to go on there and, for people to rave about either service, food, uh, whatever they prices. had experienced, yeah, whatever they had experienced through those prices is a good is a good point. Like yeah. you'd have people sitting there going, "Hey, man, pepperoni pizza rolls are over here seventy five cents yeah. on this day." You know, I mean, they're I'm talking about yeah. I mean, so it just naturally for a lot of businesses that hit that page, they found themselves in probably one of the worst markets to be able to run a business in. Mm ended up finding that it was one of these situations where they grew their business in a time frame that businesses were struggling. And it was really due to a lot of that word of mouth, which I think is really important for people to hear that if you have a good experience somewhere, if you've eaten someplace, just the, like a lot of people, their first initial reaction is, is they go to their own personal page and they put it on there. Yeah. Like, you know, I took a picture of this and this was the best whatever that I've eaten in my life. And that's accessible to their immediate friends that are on that page. But if you go back to a BCS Meals and Deals and post that on there with a platform of 25,000 people that are constantly checking in and out on that. And in the beginning, man, there was a ton of activity on that page. Like there are 25,000 people on there and they were actively working that page. That page yeah. seemed like it was... Man, I couldn't keep track in a single day, man. You would scroll forever just on yeah. one day's worth of posts in there. And while everything is open back up now and it's slowed back down and, and they're still doing these daily specials that are on there, it seems to have kind of tamped down a little bit now that people can get back out. But I still think it's important that when people have good service, they enjoy the business that they go to, they, whether it's food, the people who are running it, yeah. the experience they felt when they were in there. To go back and post that. I mean, there, there's nothing. It costs you nothing as a yeah, customer to to tell people about an experience or about a product that you had somewhere that you think other people should know about. We were right. before we went on air here. We were talking about a couple of places that I'd eaten, and I was you know asking the same deal. Have y'all eaten there? No, I hadn't eaten there, but I've seen a whole bunch of stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really that same deal. It kind of creates this environment for people to go. Okay, I got my list. These are places in the next, you know, month, two months yeah. that I want to try out or next time we head out, I'm going to go hit this place, you know, and there were a lot of businesses again that got their name out in front of people that otherwise if that page not come up, they probably never would have heard about them only through immediate friends and things like that. So for you guys, advertising really has worked on multiple levels of your own Facebook page, word of mouth from people, BCS meals and deals. Y'all don't do a website. There's not a website. It's not a website. Yet. And I'm betting we at do some Facebook ads. You can boost Facebook <coughs> posts yeah. for like a dollar a day. Yeah. Inexpensive. And people click on it. 
to contact you through Facebook yeah. or they call the number that's on the advertisement. Do you find that that's worked well that's for you? That's very well. Okay, interesting. We do it daily. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had people. I mean, people, you know, when we're open. Yeah, no, I've had people who have come on the podcast and said, you know, yeah, it works okay for me. And I've had ones that go, no, nah, don't waste your money on it. And I think it really just depends on the business, yeah. what you're in. I mean, in those particular deals, if you're selling an item somewhere, might not be as valuable to you, but if you're trying to direct people to yeah. your business, you know, then it's obviously something that you could test and see if that works in the market. Um, let's talk about successes and challenges. So with opening a business in a pandemic, mm-hmm. the first thing most people would think about is what are the challenges in that? But really you guys kind of went in that front side going, okay, we know we're not going to really probably be able to do a whole lot of catering here. Yeah. So we're going to open this up and really service people at the curb and make sure that they at least get an opportunity to keep trying our food as we're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the the challenges part, we'll get to that here shortly, but the successes when y'all opened up, because I know you talked mm-hmm. earlier on about just the fear of like starting mm-hmm. your own business. This is a big step yeah. to make oh, that yeah, decision. Yeah. Like just to say, listen, we're going to invest our money. We're going to take out these loans. We're going to do whatever that's going to look like to start this business and it's easy for a lot of people to go yeah man it's gonna be great because i know people like our Mm -hmm. stuff doing that in the middle of a pandemic where people are kind of sitting there going yeah i don't really want to get out or i don't want to do this you know now all of a sudden the the landscape looks a lot different for you guys Mm -hmm. so the fear and the nerves are probably sitting there like listen like we still got to pay for all this food. We still got to pay for using all this stuff. You know, the, the building we're using, you know, the agreements that we've locked into with these vendors and stuff like that. So you guys get in there. What, what were some of the first successes that you saw when you got open? Well, when we got open, we didn't expect to have that many customers starting off. So before we got into it, we put money back, you know, for the rental for a couple yeah. months just in case it didn't work. Sure. You know, so we, we had, you know, a little leverage yeah. going in. And um, when we first started getting customers, their main thing is they didn't want to come in. They were good with curbside yeah. and takeout. Yeah. They were perfect with that. Yeah. And they started tasting the food and telling people about us yeah. and. You know, an- another thing that helped us out that I forgot to mention was a, co- a company called <coughs> AggieFood.com mm-hmm. yeah. and DoorDash. That helped us out a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. We got on those platforms and, so, man. So help me out. On DoorDash, I, I had somebody on here before. When you sign up as a mm-hmm. business for DoorDash, mm-hmm. you've now got to have, like, do you have an iPad or something like that at the storefront um, that tells you when orders are coming in or we don't do it that route because with the ipad they charge a week yeah they get a percentage yeah. so we get a phone call and an email to see our orders okay that costs nothing oh really okay yeah interesting mm-hmm. yeah there should be some businesses probably yeah. taking taking notes here because yeah. I, I think the initial conversation i had was a business that was using i think it was doordash and uber eats i yeah. think were the two they had to have like an iPad set up for each one of those, and then it would come in through there. But to your point of what you were saying, mm-hmm. those businesses were also taking cuts, big cuts, yeah. off of 
yeah. what you what you were selling and making, right. which then meant as a business owner, if you were in the restaurant business mm-hmm. supporting that type of of a service plan, you had to pay for it. And you had to make a decision. Do I keep my meals the same price on here? You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't. So, you can't keep them the same yeah, price. Yeah, because they're taking a cut off of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Which 30%. is straight. It's straight profit for you. Oh, yeah. Right? So now all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, this $10 meal that you can do drive up, I've got to turn around. i got to make this sucker 13 bucks 13, because yeah. i got to pay that extra $3 over here yeah. to these services. And while it does give you access into... Uh, somebody who's using the app on their phone or something like that, mm-hmm. you've got to also factor that into your cost of goods yeah. because who knows what that's going to generate for you. You might show up on there and if if you're going, uh, okay, we won't go way up on price. We'll maybe only do it 50 cents and it'll balance itself mm-hmm. out. Well, if half of your orders come in through that app, Mm. Yeah, you you better be ready to either pivot or uh, get ready to close the doors because 30% is a tremendous amount. And I I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like, Mm. they just go on there and they go, this is convenient. Like, I can order from my phone Mm -hmm. and have it delivered to my work or to my house or to my friend's house or whatever, right? And they see, okay, what they see on the user inside of it is they see, a delivery fee of a dollar fifty seven, you know, or something like yeah. that, and they're going, "Oh, that ain't bad," but they don't see the impact on the other no side, side to the restaurant, yeah. right, or to the to the business owner that's over there. They just assume, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what they assume. To be real honest but with you, you know, I, Aggie Food platform mm-hmm. is is separate. I can put, we can put our price on there as our regular price, and what they charge for their fee and delivery. That's you know separate. their fee. It's separate, but right? We actually can go on Aggie Food and put our price for what it is. Yeah. Yes. So they're and then you don't have to pay for any equipment. It's an app. The app rings your phone. Ring, ring, ring. You click on it. Interesting. Yeah. And there's no charge to the business owner. No. Other that, than other than whatever fee they're charging to the customer as the pass through. No. Um. And then another thing. That we got into, um, company called us. I think they're out of Florida. They're called Virtual Dining Concept, and they were like, "Hey, you know, um, since you have a business, we're um, similar to a ghost kitchen type thing, but we were selling Mariah Carey cookies. Yeah. That helped as well too. Mariah Carey cookies. Yes, that helped as well too. Yeah." So, All right, y'all gonna have to help me out. What is a Mariah Carey cookie? I mean, it's different, it's different cookies. It's a variety of cookies. They do all the marketing. They put it on the platforms. Yeah. You just buy the stuff. They make it and make it and sell it. And I believe they get they get a percent. Yeah. They get a percent too. But you're gonna make your money is because how, whatever they're putting it on the platforms you're, for. You're basically a vendor for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And we had Mariah you know Carey cash flow cookies. coming. Coming in that way as well. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, so, we didn't even talk about that in pre-show yeah, here. I mean, I no, because like, I I forgot. But yeah. <coughs> you know, we just had to bring in cash flow to make sure everything work, just in case. You know, we don't get the sales this week. You know, we don't. You know, get out there to get more customers because, like, um, BCS Mills and Deals has kind of slowed down. But we have repeat customers. From sure. Them. Yeah. So, yeah. You've built you know, a you've yeah. built a good customer yeah. base just being yeah. open. Just yeah. And so, 
in the advertising world of all of this, and again, I, I just can't emphasize it enough. If if uh, there's a lot of people who probably don't have a good concept of running it, like if you decide I'm going to open a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. This is my dream to open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Most people's assumption is is like, oh man, you're going to make good money. I mean, you got to work your tail off to make money in the restaurant business. And most people don't understand also that the overhead of everything that you pay, when everything's all said and done, the profit margin behind what you have to put into it versus what you sell it at isn't very high. I mean, if if you really, like let's say I wanted to make 50%. If I wanted to make 50%, you'd never buy my food because it'd be too expensive. You know, so... Businesses are out there, and you're lucky if you're pulling, man, in some cases, 10%, 15% margin if you're lucky. In the small business environment, your overhead really is going to dictate that. If you have a huge location, you know, front with your name on the outside of it, you got AC blasting in there, you got, you know, three stoves in the back, two deep fryers. I mean, all that stuff running, that all costs money, right? And so did you guys find that working as like a business out of like a, cause they all literally kind of work as a ghost kitchen, right? Oh, yeah. And did y'all find that that was like one of the smartest decisions y'all could make was oh, yes. to partner in that way? Oh, yeah. That was least cost effective. Yeah. And that's becoming more and more common. Yeah. I saw more ghost kitchens open up out of, of the pandemic where all of a sudden it's like, listen, I don't have to pay mm-hmm. for a four-wall building here. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is make an agreement with the guy who's got the four-wall building yeah. right. and say, we'll pay be more than yeah. a month. You know? Yeah, well, and what is he looking at? He's yeah. over here going, I got to keep my business open. So mm-hmm. much like the Mariah cookies, yeah. you know, Mariah, Mariah yeah. Carey cookies or whatever. Yeah. He's like, listen, if I have somebody else come in and use my kitchen and then they pay me X, well, this yeah. is money that I didn't have coming in before. All we got to do is just work around each other. Right. You know, so uh, what's been the pluses and the minuses is the ghost kitchen. Well, the well, we wouldn't be able to sell like um, food at our prices. Like for instance, we have a special we run every day, and it's um, chicken alfredo and garlic bread for six dollars. Had we got wait a, for like, how much? Six dollars. Oh, Had we got a building, that's there's no good. way. That's there's so no good. way. We we look for buildings and Listen. they were. Hold on. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking like McDonald's prices here, man. It's like a $5, you know, like a $5 box. Here. You, you, so you get chicken Alfredo right. with garlic bread. Mm-hmm. And I've seen y'all serving sizes. Oh, yeah. They are not small. Oh, yeah. They're not small. Yeah. Y'all got big ladles. Oh, yeah. You know, y'all got oh, big yeah. spoons up in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and you're doing this at six bucks. Six bucks. And y'all can be profitable out of that because you are a ghost kitchen. Yeah. Yes. And we, we sell a shrimp plate that's popular. It's a shrimp. Corn, sausage, egg, and potatoes. Spice your mouth for eight dollars. Y'all making me hungry. We, making me hungry. We and, have a six dollar and, and combo. My, my pocketbook feels a lot better as we keep talking here, <laughs> man. This stuff. But I mean, that's a good point because if I if I go somewhere with a mm-hmm. storefront mm-hmm. with what you just described, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pay twelve. Oh yeah, fifteen maybe, yeah. depending on what it is. You know, and, and it's great that you can go places and get big, you know, big servings of food and everything else. But the idea of I'm working this out of a ghost kitchen where I don't have these other overhead expenses, yeah. 
you know, I can reduce my cost, mm-hmm. which then means I can reduce my retail that I'm giving it back to you. That's where most people miss it. And that's probably another reason why ghost kitchens become popular is, is yeah. I don't have to pay sit down prices. Listen, I, oh man, I just went to Chili's the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to give any shout out to Chili's mm-hmm. man, but mm-hmm. my daughter, for whatever reason, loves eating there. I think it's because of the games that she can play on the little iPad thing that oh, they yeah, have there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Three of us eating, mm-hmm. and I walk out. I have fifty bucks that I got to pay. Now that's you know there might be people looking at me going, yeah, three people fifty bucks. That's pretty good. That's a lot, you know, because we didn't eat a whole lot of food, right? Yeah. And so sit down prices are continuing to climb, even mm-hmm. though across the board expenses are starting to climb for all restaurants, even yeah. ghost kitchens. You yeah. know, we and we'll talk about that here shortly. But these expenses continue to go up on top of all of that. You guys have a lot more control in your environment. How many do y'all have other employees other than just the two of you? Just one. Just okay. He does majority of the cook. He yeah. does the cooking. She's pointing to major just he so, does. You know, yeah. so he does. So you're working obviously with a staff that you can control. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I gotta be real cautious with that because I got a husband and wife, two thirds yeah. of that staff there or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I don't know that I can control my wife that much. But yeah. you know, so you got a stat, you know, you don't have this major staffing thing that you got to, again, look at if you mm-hmm. have a storefront. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things right now in town that's, it's not just town, it's all over the yeah. country, is they're seeing short staff oh, yeah. in uh-huh. everywhere you go. Everybody is hiring, right? And you can feel it. When you go into a place, you can feel it on how quick the food hits your table yeah. or doesn't hit your table. You can feel it with the quality of the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel it with the staff. You know, one of the things I was talking about was was when we were sitting down eating, you know, the struggle was kind of real to get the food to the table in the amount of time yeah. that we were normally accustomed to that happening. And, and I was, you know, I was talking to, it was my mom that, that, uh, I went out to dinner with or lunch with and I'm sitting there going, you know what? I'm like they probably have some new help in the kitchen. Yeah. They probably, so yeah. I mean, it's, and so now all of a sudden you got to be more patient when you go out into the right. market. And there's a lot of places that put this up on their doors when you walk in, like, you know, please bear with us. Yeah. You know, we are short staffed, you know, please, you know, be patient with our wait staff because they're short staffed. You know, <laughs> all of these are things that, Business fronts it as they get bigger, mm-hmm. and they pull in these these responsibilities of having a four wall system. Mm-hmm. That they've got to figure out ways to work around this, and customers become mm-hmm. used to a certain level of service. Right. And so, with you guys, you know, when you're working out the ghost kitchen and everything is working as takeout, mm-hmm. or you know, you're doing catering or whatever, you're not you're not in that role of like having to worry about a wait staff coming out and getting this, or, you know, we've got to have X number of cooks in the kitchen because apparently major can do it all back there in the kitchen. So, you know, as all those, as all this transpires, do you feel like as you're seeing the market that you're trying to be smart about how you're going to grow the business in the future? Yeah, we're, we're, we're in talks about that. And the food truck is one of the ways yeah. to that's, grow it. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's what we came up with. Yeah. Because um, we want to be mobile. And don't get me wrong, we do want a um, <coughs> restaurant. And, and people call and ask, is this a sit-down place? Yeah. Are y'all getting one? And But we, we can, but the price is going to yeah. go up. 
Yeah, I mean, don't, y'all don't, love these prices. Yeah, don't expect my uh, don't yeah. expect my chicken Alfredo to say six bucks we, if we yeah, continue yeah, doing we this. Just can't do it. Yeah, because we wouldn't make anything. You're gonna need more waiting wait staff. You're gonna need uh, more cooks. Need yeah. Well, just think about just just think about the idea when y'all go to a a truck. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to go man that thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, if somebody's got to man it during business hours at the kitchen. Well, yeah, now all of a sudden, boys. yeah, I mean, yeah. somebody's got to somebody's got to get hired on. There's only and, so and many that's bodies. Be hard yeah. because we put an ad out um, looking for um, a, a worker, and we had someone that we set up with an interview never showed. Oh yeah, and we looked at it. We was like, we really gonna have to do this <sighs> yeah. ourselves the best we, we can. Because yeah. believe it or not, during the pandemic when it started, we, we got we got hit so hard. Got so many customers, man. And I was like, we're gonna need help, you know, because it was draining me. I was running yes. back and forth doing it. We got hit hard. Yeah, you know, the worst part about what's going on in the employment side, just in general, right now, is so <clears throat> with the the end to the enhanced uh, unemployment benefits and things like that have been happening. We do expect that more people are going to start hitting the market and have to start looking for work, but. Yeah, the worst part about, you know, no shows for interviews and stuff like mm-hmm. that is I can initially go and and in that world where they're saying you gotta have X number of applications or X mm-hmm. number of interviews in a week. I can say, Well, I hadn't I had an interview, it just didn't go well. I mean, yeah. nobody's calling you to find yeah. out, I go, Hey Carol, did Sally Joe show up yeah. over there? Did, nobody's doing that. They just go, Oh, I had an interview this week and it was over at M M&M and M catering and I didn't get hired. And they put that on their deal, and then we move on. And so we've done, we've had the same thing. I mean, there was there was a moment for us where our no show rate was like eighty percent. Wow, it's pretty bad, yeah. you know. And even more so now, like when we're looking to hire now, <clears throat> the the volume of people available versus what it was pre pandemic is ten to twenty percent of the number of heads that we would normally see in a posting. And so we're kind of waiting for that to level out. And hopefully as the enhanced benefits go away, because if you're paying people to sit at home, you know, but you got to really, and you, well, and you got to look at it. You got to, you got to look at the, you got to look at how that's viewed, right? Like a lot of people go, Oh, well that's just people who don't want to work. Well, you know, if I don't have to spend gas, I don't have to buy a lunch. I don't have to pay for clothes to go work in. I don't have to buy shoes for that to work in. I mean, there's expenses that are associated with having a job. And so if I can take those expenses out and still go, well, you know, you're paying me this, I might be able to make it on that. You're encouraging people not to get back into the workforce, right? So with the reduction of the enhanced benefits where they pull that back, it's still going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to see there's people that are starting to come back into the workforce marketplace for jobs but it's slow. The mm-hmm. trickle is still slow. Yeah. As things start happening, you know, and that continues to tighten up, then hopefully that'll get better. But it's businesses, small businesses that really struggle because again, what can you offer as a small business? Mm-hmm. You know, as a small business, people who are out there that are looking to switch roles or whatever, it's hard if you're not offering insurance if you're not offering a 401k, if you're not offering these benefits packages that people are looking for, uh, you're not probably hiring a long-term person. You're probably hiring somebody that's just looking for a job and, Mm -hmm. and pay some bills and collect a little bit of money and, 
you know, building that staff of long-term committed employees becomes a challenge yeah. in the business. And then as your business expands, it's like I said, there's three of you right, working the business right now yeah. and it's manageable. But then when you put that mobile unit yeah. out, it's going to be, okay, I'm going to need one to two more that's going to have to be able to operate this. And that's going to have to be bringing in enough money to support one or two more. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, in the growth of a business, you know, people who've never run a business before, mm-hmm. they just see uh, an extension of that business. They go, oh, well, they got a they got a food truck. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, on the backside of that, it's like, what went in to get that food truck in right. front of you? Yeah, what I don't want to happen is we we can't find like any workers, and we're in a position to where we have to decide where we may have to leave this ghost kitchen. Yeah, and be, you know I don't want we don't want to be yeah. in a position like that because we built the ghost kitchen, the coat, the ghost kitchen. Yeah. yeah, well, and people are used to where you're at. Yeah. You've got a clientele. You probably, where you guys are at, y'all built people who don't have to travel very far yeah. to you. Yeah. Some people probably even walk to you in order to get their food yeah. needs. You know, So if you move, and again, it's almost like changing your name, know, right? Man. Like when you have a location you start establishing and you move, you know, a lot of times, man, you'll start, you can see it on a social media outlet. You can see it like, did so-and-so close? I know. Uh, they didn't close. They just moved from here and they got a new location over here. And so, but again, it becomes for some businesses a necessary evil that they outgrow where they're at. Mm -hmm. They can no longer do their business in that particular location and they got to move somewhere else in order to be able to have an opportunity to expand their business. So as y'all put these things in play, Mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, the challenges. So challenges obviously staffing when y'all are going to continue to grow is going to be an opportunity hopefully hopefully the market will kind of you know resettle and kind of pull in a little bit i think a lot of people a lot of people miss that right now like people who are out there just like well just hire people or they're driving around they see all these now hiring places you know signs in all these places and they don't understand like the they don't understand the true impact of that, mm. right? And so when you're a recipient mm-hmm. of being on that government program that's paying you, you really don't care. Yeah. You know, when you're staying at home, you're just kind of like, hey, this is pretty cool. I can live, the, I, can, I can stretch this out for a while. But the long reach impact into the community sticks around for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not just this deal of, in the beginning, everybody's like, oh, you know, they should be paying people to stay at home if they're asking us to close. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all fine and dandy, but, you know, somewhere down the road, man, this this comes back to roost. Yeah, and so, open up again. yeah, and so for you guys, that's kind of one of those things that you're going to see on the forefront is, is you need to build up. Yeah. You want reliable people. You want people who have good transportation mm-hmm. that can get to work. People that you know you're not going to have to babysit. Nobody wants that employee that they're going to have to babysit. Like good customer service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, these are people who represent your business. Yeah. You know, so when they walk in, they see them, but they're they're M and M catering. Right. You know, yeah, so you want off your business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to have you guys just kind of pull your mics up just a little bit, just kind of read this. Some of them kind of moved a little bit and get you turned okay. just a little. So mm-hmm. that way, uh, as as 
And, and again, this is part of the reason why we have these talks as these podcasts, because we really want people mm-hmm. to understand the full spectrum of running a business. When you're running a business, you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears, your own money into it and everything else. But now you're also looking at it from the standpoint of, I need people that can fill a role for me that aren't just a body. Like, you know, it's yeah. easy to hire a body. Right. That's, that's yeah. one of the things. Space, yeah. yeah. I mean, I worked for Walmart for 20 years. It's easy to hire a body, but yeah. hiring somebody who's going to be committed to doing the job right. and you're more picky when you're a small business than you yeah. are when you're a large business. Yeah. That's the funny part about it. Like large businesses can hire people, you know, I, they, they will hire hundred percent of the time throughout the year, just cause they're always looking for a body yeah. in a small business. You're looking to plug that hole permanently. Right. Like I want somebody that I'm not going to have to retrain the next one in another three months because this one left. And that's also hard to commit to when like, let's say the students are back. So we're in obviously a town that relies on the students to be here and you go, okay, well these students are going to need jobs, mm-hmm. but for how long? Yeah, you're going to have to be flexible as the business. If you take a student on, you're going to have to be flexible to work around their school schedule because you're going to be number two no matter what. Right. School's going to be number one to them, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, they're going to constantly be shifting. So let's say this semester, hey major, I'm working for you, man. I can I can do this. I can work these days this time. Yeah, and then. I get to my next semester and my school schedule's changed. Hey, Major, I'm sorry, man. I, I know you guys are open Wednesday through Friday. I can't do Friday, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and this is a big part of the workforce for the BCS area mm-hmm. is students. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, again, all of this matters. Turnover matters to a small business because you invest time, mm-hmm. you invest money to get these guys trained up, to get them to give the best service. Mm-hmm. But you're also, as a small business, I also say most small businesses are really quick and reactionary to fix things. Yeah. Like the big businesses kind of tolerate a little bit more and they, okay, well, you know, the small business is like, listen, man, if you can't do this for us, and you're hurting our name, you got to go. Yeah. Because small yeah. business trying to get to the big business. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, and you know, the, the more money, more problems, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's great when that all rolls in. But like you were saying, as your business increases and the money comes in that you can increase your business, now you got to hire more bodies. Mm-hmm. You got to fit, like you were saying, Carol, mm-hmm. like, are we going to be able to stay here? Or are we going to have to move somewhere yeah. else? Does it now become we need a storefront? Okay, with a storefront comes X, X, and X yeah. that we didn't have before. And so, you know, what happens when you open the storefront and you add some more bodies is like you're saying, hey, Carol, what happened to that $6 yeah. chicken Alfredo plate y'all yeah. had? <laughs> oh, let me tell you what happened to it. You see that guy right there? That's a yeah. dollar. You see that guy? That's a dollar right there. You know, so now we're up to 9 and $10. So you're building business right now on quality on low prices yeah quantity quality and pricing right Mm -hmm. that's really where you guys Mm kind of settle in at Mm -hmm. and so as you grow so Mm -hmm. grows the prices and so that's kind of what we were talking about also was even right now are you guys feeling the pinch with the market as far as cost of goods meats 
products yeah. and supplies. Mm-hmm. What are y'all seeing there as a business? Are y'all seeing increases um, that are starting to happen on your side? Increases are starting to happen, such as um, crab, shrimp, and uh, chicken, chicken wings. wings. Talk about the crab for a little bit. We were talking about that before we went on air. I'm, I'm just let's use that as an mm. example for people who are wondering when they hear. I mean. Cajun Creole, obviously, all the things you just described are going to be a part of that. But let's talk about what crab was versus what crab is now. Um, crab was twelve ninety nine a pound. You get two crabs in a pound, right? And now we're seeing prices to like yeah, Whew. double. And I mean, if not more, we were selling <clears throat> our crab and shrimp plates for seventeen dollars when we first started. It was one cluster, <coughs> 13 shrimp, one corn, one egg, one sausage, and potatoes. Yeah. For $17. That was a steal. Oh, yeah. But now they're, they're 24, and we probably still got to go up. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You, yes. you take a crab cluster, and let's. Uh, so a cluster is one? Is that kind of where we're sitting at? Yeah, a cluster is one. Okay, so. But two comes in a pound. At 25 bucks. Yeah. Right. So split that down, that's 12 50 for that single crab that you've put in there just for the crab just for the crab yeah and you're not talking about the shrimp and everything else that you're throwing in on top of that and so you know in the market again i'm sure people were noticing prices are starting to move up mm-hmm. but prices are moving up not just because meats are changing price mm-hmm. i mean everything is increasing on backside whether it's availability mm-hmm. Whether it's transportation, all transportation has gone yeah. up. I mean, you, know, you only need to fill your gas in your car up yeah. a couple times to figure out how much yeah. that's gone up. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, those prices get dropped down. So they're dropped down to the guys that are running restaurants who then have to make a decision at that point. Am I going to run customers off if I go up on price? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, decision. but... If I don't go up on price, you're gonna lose out. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Yeah, gonna this is, yeah. I mean, I I didn't start this restaurant to be a nonprofit organization right. either. You know, yeah. we have to make money in order to yeah. grow as well too. And so, and it's tough to decide like, what do I go up on price? Because mm-hmm. you know, from seventeen ninety nine to what'd you say twenty four? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big jump. That's a big jump, but it's still. We still need to be up a little more on that. Yeah, and yeah, and you're Come just on. yeah. The shrimp, the um, corn, one cluster twelve fifty. Yeah. yeah, one cluster is twelve fifty. You know, we still need to go up a yeah. little bit more, but that's a lot of money for a crab. Well, and you'd love to be able to stage it up, but yeah. in a lot of cases, your costs aren't staged up. It yeah. goes from hey, you were this yeah. last week. Yeah. Market values this now, so this is what you're going to get it at. And you're sourcing a lot of your stuff from local vendors as well, yeah, too, right? We are. So you got to understand in that in the process, those local vendors that you're pro- that you're sourcing your goods from are a business as well, mm-hmm. too. They're not nonprofit. They're not working to go. Hey, man, we'll go ahead and eat that extra increase that it's costing to yeah. to get these goods in. So it's just a natural evolution that it's going to roll down to the consumer. And so to them, you are the consumer. Yeah. And then your customer is your consumer. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to pass those things along in order to stay profitable. So (coughs) I don't know of a single, I don't know of a single restaurant now, right now that is still saying price current, Hmm. you know, like if you look at a year ago to now, I don't know that there's anybody that's like, 
well, we haven't moved on our prices and we're going to stay where we're at because no, the, ma- the majority of everybody, especially if you have a restaurant that is meat based meat, just in general, we, mm. we were talking before we came on air, like beef prices, beef prices in a lot of cases have mm. doubled. And so, and other things will catch up. You were talking about chicken, mm-hmm. chicken right? Wings, yeah. yeah. So chicken wings right now, we are talking, you know, we're recording this. It's middle of July. This will release yeah. in August, but Chicken prices right now are starting to climb. Not only that, the availability is really low. Like right now, we're in the middle of July, and you can't go places and shop for chicken wings like without two, there being two, a limit. Two packets yeah. per person or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, so here I am. I'm running a, a kitchen that I need chicken wings, and I go to, the, to my source to try and get some, and I'm limited to two packages, three packages. Yeah. That means you have to go to the store more. Yeah. Constantly, you know, when we try to go to the store once a week, we make a list and get everything for that list to where we want to keep constantly going back to stores. But dealing with chicken wings, you have to go every couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't keep you can't, yeah. you can't keep and freeze up a whole bunch of it because yeah. you can't even get the quantities that you need yeah. to keep it on freezer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, y'all got a lot of challenges that are on the horizon. Yeah. Now, the success of that in saying all of those things is, is you guys are for you're for looking down the road. And so you'd commented on something you want to talk about in today mm-hmm. of, of a place that y'all are looking mm-hmm. to not modify your menu. You're looking to add to your menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's y'all step that you're seeing coming up that you feel like is a growing avenue that you can grow your business? Well, we serve vegan lunches, and a lot of people don't know that because we haven't promoted it. This was a trial and error thing. We didn't even think we could do it. We knew nothing about it. Yeah. We had to do research. Yes. And um, Y'all doing personal research on yes. it now, right? And y'all, both, y'all both converted over here. Yes. Yeah. We even got a few family members yeah. signed up for the, um, the meals. What I want to do is start a Facebook group or possibly a page and put what we're going to be serving by the day and have them pre-order. Yeah. Because yeah. vegan food is more expensive, expensive than right. the food that we're selling. You know, they have their own cheese, their own, you know, uh, tofu, their own plant-based things, and it's a little more expensive. Yeah. So we would like them like to put out a menu and have them pre-order. Um, what we're doing now with a guy in town is we're – we make the food, they come and get it, and we build them by the week. Yeah. You know, so and that's been working. Yeah, and and this also makes sure that it doesn't keep a corral around you guys of just Cajun Creole. Yeah. Like yeah. we can do we were talking earlier in the podcast that, you know, catering wise you guys can do Anything. you just tell Anything. us what yeah. you want and tell, we'll exactly. we'll figure it out for you. Exactly. Uh, but this also at at you know, whether it's curbside or eventually becomes dine-in or whatever, allows you an opportunity yeah. to expand yeah. in a market that's not real heavy. I mean, there's not a lot of places that are just, you yeah. know, will fulfill your vegan needs. Yes. Although, if you go to grocery stores, you're starting to see bigger cases of it in the yeah, refrigerated, frozen yeah. area. They're starting to kind of grow those back yeah. out. Um, and that's becoming a lifestyle choice for a lot of people. Yeah. That it's hard to find mm-hmm. somebody to meet that need, mm-hmm. especially in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry. 
you know, yeah, I can go somewhere and I can have a salad, you know, but mm-hmm. you guys are looking further than that to go, okay, here's yeah. some here. And, and I totally get the idea of not advertising it because you really want it to be great yes. before you advertise it. Like, yeah, I want to advertise it and test it on you. You know, I want to know that it's good. And I want to know that once I advertise this, you're going to go out raving about it. And you're going to be much the same way that your business has continued to grow. You're going to be my word of mouth that's going to go out and talk about this being an avenue. You know, vegan is, again, one of those areas as well that people who are not familiar with it, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, Major, it's there's a price that's associated with that, right? Uh, I I like to refer to it. You you ever tried juicing? We tried it. We tried it. Local lady in town. Excellent juicing. Let me tell you something. If you've never tried juicing, Mm. you know, the first thing you got to invest in is a juicer, right? Yeah. So my wife, I think we we bought a house one time and it was our housewarming gift from Mm. the, it might have been the title company, so we got a juicer. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm never going to use this thing. And then finally one day I was like, you know what? Let's try this. Mm-hmm. And we went to the grocery store. Most people don't realize like how much juice you get out of something, oh. right? Like a lot of juice I went on. Man, yeah, you go to the fruits. But let's say I'm going to do a vegetable. Man, you throw, you, get- you throw a carrot through there, there ain't much juice coming out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And so my wife, my wife and I were like, we're going to try this and see how this works. And my first trip to the grocery store, the amount of vegetables and fruit that I had up on that belt. And when the, that bill come around, I was like, what this in the it. world? Like, this is expensive. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It's it's a lifestyle choice. And if you're going to do it and commit to it, there's a cost that's yeah. going to go along with that. And you guys, again, are in that same boat. Like, okay, if we're going to go <clears throat> to a true vegan menu, we're going to have to figure out pricing on this because, you know, we, we got to make sure we don't get hamstrung here by going too low. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to be probably serving, you know, yeah. $6 boxes on no. this kind of deal or whatever. No. It's going to be more expensive than that. Yeah. But again, those folks that live that lifestyle understand that yeah. there is, and, yeah, there's a price and expense that is, that is related into that. But I'm pretty proud of you guys that y'all are thinking yeah. far enough ahead of that to yeah. be on the front side of it. Instead of reactionary, where maybe your competitors go, we're going to get into it or whatever, and yeah, you know, plus y'all guys are going to be mobile to give an opportunity even for people maybe to be able to try that, yeah, who didn't even anticipate coming into you, but they end up seeing your truck and going, hey man, what y'all got in here? Yeah, well, let me tell you what we do have. You know, yeah, you yeah. see that vegan menu out there? Let me, oh, I don't know about that. Hold on, let me get you a sample. We'll see yeah. what you say then. So, and food trucks really within the last couple of years are becoming one of those things here in town. It's kind of been one of those things been around for a little while. Um, but like you go to an Austin or something like that and they've got like, they've got like parks of them, right? Like whole little area of them where you can go in and try it. And people are becoming more receptive to mobile trucks. I mean, you mobile trucks now rolling around on it. You've got guys that are getting into the game where they are an extension of their restaurant for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mobile trucks were like taco trucks and things like yeah. that. They're rolling around in neighborhoods, but you're starting to see businesses do an extension of their business into these mobile units. And then you guys are able to grow that menu to whatever you choose. Maybe there's going to be things that I don't know. We want to make this available in the mobile truck, mm-hmm. but we definitely want to make these things available. Yeah. So you can kind of modify your menu on that mobile unit as well, too, 
to be able to still keep quality, still be able to do quantity, and still be able to preserve pricing. I think we're going to keep our full menu. Wow. We're going to keep our full menu. Oh, and be tough, we yeah. didn't mention it, but we, we have a, tur- a turkey leg menu. We yeah. have a crawfish mac and cheese turkey leg. Oh, a shrimp alfredo good. turkey leg. They real good. A uh, uh, chicken alfredo turkey leg. That's so you tender. Got that's you so tender. Are killing me here. Fall off the bone. Once you pick the turkey leg up, man, it's so tender. The meat just fall off the bone. We yeah. have a unique. We have a, we have unique food. Yeah. And our bus is gonna. Our food truck is gonna be unique. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to be able to bring on the yeah. on the food truck side of yeah. that business as well too. Plus, it it doesn't it doesn't tie you down anywhere. You can be wherever you need to yeah, be. Right. You know, we so. want to do events like uh, I think Harley Davidson have things going on. Man, absolutely. Savage Brewery. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of companies like in baseball, town. Baseball. That's the, always looking the park for baseball. Well, and assume assume you hit that one event that has five hundred thousand people. At. Mm. It doesn't have to be a ton. I mean, I know 500 sounds like a lot, but 500 at a Harley Davidson event isn't a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have a thousand people roll through there throughout wow. the day, right? And then, like yeah. guys go in there, they yeah. leave, other guys come in. Yeah. There's a constant flow of people right. that run through that, and so in those particular deals, though, each one of those customers is potentially a calling card for you. Of course, you know, like hey, come over here, let me just give you a sample. Of course, you yeah. know, man. It, I'm not sure how much money I've spent at food trucks from samples. Wow. You know, like, ah, no, I'm good, man. No, no, no. Try this sample. The biggest place that we could think of when we were, we went to Ohio, mm-hmm. Circleville. No, but most people will never know where Circleville, Ohio is. But mm-hmm. if you ever want to know where it is, it is the, the location for the largest pumpkin show in the world. Wow. I don't know how I found out about this, but my wife drugged me to this place. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin, just okay. so we go on record. But they have so many food trucks there at this event. This is a little bitty town. This town mm-hmm. is smaller than Madisonville. Mm-hmm. And it grows from like 2,500 people to like 150,000 people in one what? night. Like these people all come for, they come for a, uh, each day it's like different stuff that they do for almost a week. And it literally makes up the town's sales tax. It's probably 80% of their sales tax just on this one event. Wow. Um, it's huge. Yeah. And the amount of food trucks, it's almost like this little miniature, what is it, the Texas State Fair, yeah. where you go and try all these different things. Yeah. Man, I've tried stuff that's just been off the chain, best thing <laughs> I've ever had. Yeah. And I've tried some stuff like, who thought this up? <laughs> Wow. Like, like what was uh, fried Captain Crunch cereal? Really? And I was I like, never heard. I'm like, I like Captain Crunch and I like fried, so let's try this. And then I bite into this thing. It looked like a big old. It looked like a big old nugget. I don't even know how to describe it, man. Like, imagine a big old round corn dog. And I bit into this thing, and like everything just like fell out of it. And I was like, oh, that was a total waste of money. And then I'm over here, you know, trying. You know, it, it's kind of that deal, like. You know, I probably I won't be here again in X number of years. Mm-hmm. So let me try the fried mm-hmm. butter, you know, it, fried yeah. Snickers, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So you guys are going to be at events where literally, you know, you talk about these these mm-hmm. different menu items that mm-hmm. you probably can't find anywhere in town together. Mm-hmm. That you end up creating this this signature dish. That's what we'll call it. Yeah. That somebody goes, oh man, have you tried this? You got to try this. Yeah. 
And then it literally, you know, you guys have probably also seen in the past where somebody tries something in front of you. Oh, as a <laughs> restaurant owner, is there anything more more satisfying than watching somebody try your food in front of you, you and give you feedback right on the spot? Yes. I mean, that's probably about as good as it gets, right? Yes. And a mobile unit is that every customer, every time. Wow. Like you get to watch that customer can't like try that stuff right there. That. And they're just like, this is great, you know. And so in, in an environment today, especially where costs are going up on mm-hmm. customers and people are having to watch their pocketbooks and everything mm-hmm. else, it becomes really important that, you know, price is kind of at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. But if they get good quality, the one interesting part about customers is they're willing to pay for good quality. Right. Mm-hmm. So talking about, you know, we don't want to go up on our prices, but yeah. we almost have to. The quality dictates that as well, too. Like if you're sitting yeah. there going, listen, man, I can't do without y'all's, you know, turkey leg and mac and cheese. And, you know, I got yeah. I got to have it. Yeah. You know, you move that up another dollar or something like that. Listen, I still got to have it. So yeah. <laughs> you're, you're committed loyal customers the ones who know what you put into it uh, you know food is one of those deals it's like a bonding experience mm-hmm. right i'm sure even as a couple y'all yeah. probably can can yeah. uh, speak into that but as a bonding experience for people a lot of the times people are willing to pay more for the experience as well too the opportunity that not only do I know that I'm helping a small business here in town, mm-hmm. I'm helping a couple who are starting up a small business mm-hmm. and trying to get this thing rolling, but it's also the experience of if I get to know you, get to talk to you in yeah. that experience and everything else, you know, it's like you said, like when I see somebody, I know mm-hmm. if they're a regular yeah. or if they're not, Yeah, you know, and that speaks volumes to the small business world in that, they're just like I said when, before we came on show here, like mm-hmm. we consider ourselves to be customer service driven. We know a lot about our customers that do business with us over and over and over. We know their kids' names. Mm-hmm. We know yeah. uh, what their business is, mm-hmm. what they do, mm-hmm. their spouses, all this other stuff. Y'all can speak to that same deal where yeah. it's like, yeah, man, like, you know, this person comes in with their kids all the time or this person comes in with their mom all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you see somebody that's not that person and you get the opportunity again to throw the hook out to go, hey, what brought you in? How'd you find out about mm-hmm. us? Because yeah. as a small business, you want to know where they came from yeah Yeah. is what i you know was this my boost on facebook was this bcs meals and deals Mm -hmm. was this sally joe who comes in here all the time talking to one of her friends and Mm -hmm. she sent her over you know what does that look like yeah and so as small business owners we're constantly on the pulse of what's going on in that business Mm -hmm. to make sure that you can repeat that customer Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to give you quality. I know what's going on. Majors over there are like, listen, I ain't cooking in this kitchen to give you poor quality. I'm going to give you good stuff out of here. It's just a matter of whether or not you, uh, you feel like once you leave, you know, I'm going to make sure that, that your belly's full Mm -hmm. and that you're going to rant and rave about this food when you leave Exactly. because you're going to tell And, and we used to have an adage, uh, when I worked for Walmart that, when a, per- when a person has a bad experience, mm-hmm. they typically tend to tell more people than when they had a good experience. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. ironic, right? You'd, yeah. you'd hope it'd be the other way around. Yeah. But a person who has a good experience will typically tell five people. So that's potentially every person that walks in your door is potentially five new customers. 
depending on who they're hooked up with hmm, and who they right, tell. Right. You know, it's even better when they go grab those five people and That's bring a them good into way to you. Look at it. But you, you know, that bad experience, especially for a restaurant, you know, if you think about, I try to use this as a challenge for our guys for customer service. When you think about going somewhere, you think about an experience that you've had, no matter where it is, retail, restaurant, whatever, service, business, or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you say, what's the best experience you've ever had? A lot of people really have to sit on that for a while and think about it. But when you tell them what's man. the worst experience you ever had, man, they can recall quick. that. Yeah. They're like, I can tell you what the person's breath smelled like. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's stuck with them and burned in them. And so for small businesses, it's critical that you don't create those mm-hmm. bad experiences because people will hang on to those. They'll take yeah. the, the Facebook warriors, man. They'll take to it to tell them about that experience. Yeah. We live in a cancel culture where everybody wants to put down other people and, and all this other stuff. But if you've mm-hmm. built that customer base of people who are loyal and they're committed and mm-hmm. they live in the world of, I've had great experiences here. Well, those customers come to your rescue. Yeah. So when that one person puts up that one deal, everybody else like, listen, I don't know what kind of experience you had, yeah. but we've never experienced that. Yeah. And so you guys are also building that as you go. Y'all mm-hmm. are building those customers hand over fist each time somebody's coming in mm-hmm. to build the next person who's going to support you as a business right. as well. Yeah. So outlook, we talked about, you know, the, the mobile truck. We've mm-hmm. talked about uh, the vegan line that you're looking mm-hmm. into. What else do you see coming around 21, 22? What are you hoping for? Let me ask that. Maybe hoping that's a better for question. more caterings. Okay. Yeah, and probably a sit-in place, you think? Possibly. City. That's what I want. Possibly. But the prices are going to go well, up. Yeah. yeah. So that's why that's just always going to be a possibility. Yeah, it's it's a little scary. I it mean, is. because as soon as you want to make that jump, you want to make sure, like, let, let's make sure the water's going to stay at this level yeah. and it's not going to go yeah. anywhere else. And right now that water seems to be kind of moving all over the place. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of places that are opening up, a lot of businesses yeah. that are closing, we, you know, a we, lot of leases that need to be filled. Yeah, we, we, we're going to be working on a website probably online ordering because mm. you got to look at it when these people call <clears throat> they do show up but they cannot show up they don't pay for the food they pay when they get there yeah so that's another thing that you know we can you know yeah. but luckily we don't have them type of problems they actually <coughs> come and get the food you know when they order it yeah if you can get an online system where they pay for everything right there on the spot right, man yeah. hey i don't care whether you come get it or not it's man it's paid for, for yeah it. Yeah, we'll let it sit up in the microwave for you if that's what you want to do. I mean, yeah, you know. but anything can happen when you're on the way getting your food. Sure, you know because they pre-order. Everything is made to order. We don't have food just sitting around. Yeah, you know we could lose out. Things get old. It just can't, you know, be sitting around like that. Yeah, yeah I think so. that's a that's a great value as well too. Mm-hmm. When we talk back to that quality part. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're making it right there on the spot, yeah. you know, like you ain't got to worry about this thing sitting in there and yeah, getting all crusted over. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to reheat it up mm-hmm. or turn the fire on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're making it as you go. Right. Now, in saying that, you mm-hmm. know, be patient with us because if I'm making it as we go, yeah. it's not going to be out to you in, you know, a minute and a half. They know. We, yeah. we tell yeah. them 15 minutes. Yeah. Like some people pre-order, you know, they'll call and say, well, we'll be there in 15 minutes. I can 
do a few orders in 15 minutes. And then by the time it's there, if it pull up, if y'all have it done, so. Yeah. Yeah, and y'all need them to pick up. I yeah. mean, that's the yeah. whole thing. Like, yeah. last thing you want to do is put together a plate. Yeah. And nobody shows Nobody up. shows. Yeah. That's, that can happen, though. Sure. You know, so. But that's why the online and pre-order help a lot. Yeah. Help a lot. You won't have to worry about this. So what else do you see as an outlook? Possible location somewhere down the road here. Yeah. Once yeah. everything kind of settles. More caterings. Uh, to hire at least maybe two yeah. two cooks. Um, yeah, to hire maybe two more cooks. I think events will be huge for you guys. We can get yeah. these events yes. rolling and get people in here. People staying at hotels. Football obviously brings a lot of people to town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's seven home games this year. Wow. So, I mean, that's a... Another opportunity just to take advantage of of things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And the great thing about it is, is word of mouth for you guys really happens through those events as well, too. You could say like, like Mm -hmm. a Harley Davidson event is Mm -hmm. an event. I mean, it's, you know, they do it, they do it up and they want people to show up there. It's kind of that same deal, but you guys will do anything from, from birthdays to weddings weddings to, you know, conferences to business luncheons. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, so y'all, and again, y'all aren't hogtied to any of that stuff. It's kind of like, you know, you tell Whatever us you where you say. need us, yeah. we'll fill mm-hmm. that role. Mm-hmm. And so that's the great part about it is in a lot of places, if you look at catering companies, catering companies are going to tell you, you got to commit to this amount of food and we're going to have to charge you this amount of money. You know, they, but again, these are catering companies that may have, 20 30 employees that are up underneath them and so yeah. they they've got to recoup all of that yeah. <clears throat> and unfortunately they're going to recoup that underneath yeah. the the minimums right so if somebody calls you let's kind of talk about that real mm-hmm. quick if somebody calls you is there a minimum on catering that you're looking for it's not okay it's not we don't have a minimum so i mean that works great for me because i'm over there like Man, there's some nights I just don't want to cook for, you know, yeah. families in town or whatever. Yeah. And, man, I'd love to have this to be able to, to serve up to them or whatever. Or yeah. I can just take y'all's food and knock it off and tell them that I did it. And yeah, we, feel we, better. We, However it works for you. We, we've we've even gotten asked to be like a personal chef. Sure. Type yeah. of thing. So, yeah. And um, if, like, a person wanted, like, us to, like, do, like, personal chef stuff, Excuse me. At Renegade Bakery, it's a room, room yeah. that we could set up and do things like that. So you have a, is it like a catering, like a catering party room? Yeah, something like a bar. Something, room. yes. Oh, there you go. Yes. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, so it. it's, you know, unlimited possibilities. Yeah, having a location. And even so, even if it's some party room somewhere else, you guys can travel to it. Yeah. You guys can get it ready if people want to pick it up and take it to that location. You know, in a we, lot we of cases. We don't discriminate the location. We have a wedding in Houston in August. Amen. Hey, it's what, so it's what pays the bills. August. I mean, we can go to Austin, Dallas. You know, it's just not limited sure. to here. Sure. You know, we have a catering van. We have um, warmers. Not Saving dishes. Saving we have everything that we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full service setup. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it. So, well, guys, listen. You know, I'm just proud that you guys have an opportunity to come on mm-hmm. and talk about your business growing. You know, okay. that's really for us when we when we bring people onto the podcast. The goal is to get your business out in front of people and get them to mm-hmm. learn more about you guys, 
what your business is experiencing. You know, uh, again, it speaks volumes of you to make a decision to open business in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, but that also tells you that if you could survive during the pandemic, you'll be able to survive during anything. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get, it doesn't get any tougher than that. So, and for you guys, as things are starting to come back around as well, events are going to start taking place. We're already seeing that as a business, like yeah. things that are starting to happen uh, that didn't happen last year or that yeah. weren't certain to happen. You know, a lot of stuff right now, I think people are, are ready to get back to a normal. They're yeah. ready to get back to running business the way that they saw business prior to the pandemic. And so as businesses continue to come back, mm-hmm. events start to happen, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be that need. And, you know, what you guys have done so far, the things that I've seen that y'all have put out, the things that I've seen where y'all have gone and done catering businesses and I've seen pictures mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. feedback from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what better way to serve in the community than to take a small business that's in our backyard and be able to support them and to give them that opportunity to grow because again, the more money that comes into you, the more you're going to pour that back into the community yeah, as right. well too, whether that's through hiring bodies, whether that's through, again, you guys try to keep your purchasing local, you know, so that you're not going out of town, out of state, out of country to yeah. get these things. I mean, that's hard for a business to do. Yeah. Hard for a business to keep their, their, uh, their goods, supplies local mm-hmm. uh, just simply because it's not always readily available. Yeah. You know, so... And as you guys continue to work through the process of what M&M catering is going to become, mm-hmm. you know, this is an evolution of a business. We're going to sit here and look back on this in five, ten years and go, yeah. man, remember when we were that ghost kitchen over here and mm-hmm. now we're this business that's over here. And catering services are one of those ones that, you know, if you've built your platform at dine-in possibility or you're already doing takeout right now Mm -hmm. it's really something that can go both ways when you guys continue to grow you know if it's dine-in it make every transition makes it tough for a business you know if i'm not doing a dine-in purpose right now and everything is literally takeout you know once i go to a dine-in things are going to change and people i think again just the opportunity to have the food in front of them Mm-hmm. And to be able to experience the quality, mm-hmm. and people are willing to jump through hoops to get to good food. Right. I mean, all you need to do is just ask the question. You just sit there and go, where's a good Cajun place in town? Mm-hmm. And people are going to start lighting up the boards to let yeah. you know what that is. And so, and y'all's name is dropped in there. And that's great because, again, any business in town for us, we need to be supporting locally where we can. Yeah. And so as part of the podcast, that's what we want to do is we want to bring these small businesses on to get people to learn more about you guys and to learn more about your business and what you can do. And the catering services that are out there, I mean, I can type in anything to say like, you know, catering in the Bryan College Station area. And there's going to be a list of stuff that's going to pop up on there. And while you may not be at the top, what you do want is you want every experience to be positive so that people continue to recommend you as we go through. Okay. So I love it. I love that you guys picked your name too. Yeah. You know, like I said, initially in the beginning, I was like, this is M&M. <laughs> you know, but you know, yeah. I love that you guys are in the community trying to make a name for yourself and for your business. Mm-hmm. And again, you're working for yourself, Yeah. you know, but there's pluses and minuses to all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. You know, people, people think, oh man, I'd love to run my own business. 
you know, until they, yeah, until you sit up at night and go, how's that bill going to get paid, man? Business hadn't been there. So, you know, so again, if you guys are in the market and you're looking for an opportunity, first off, I mean, I just encourage you, if you're looking for lunch, you know, to show up. And and, uh, so you guys, again, you're out at Renegade Bakery. Let's give some addresses here. 2606 South Texas Avenue is where those guys can find you. Mm-hmm. And you guys are open Wednesday through Friday, 11 to 7, mm-hmm. and Saturday, 12 to 8. Yes. Right. Got those right? Mm-hmm. And if they need to call you, want to call in an order or whatever, it's 979-575-9625. And I'm assuming either Carol's going to answer that or Major's going to answer that. Somebody's going to answer that phone. Yeah. And take your order. Again, you guys probably would encourage people. Uh, easiest way is to call it in ahead of time. Call or Be able to pick it in. Yeah, yeah I mean, mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes in prep time to get yeah. your stuff ready and mm-hmm. get it out to you. Uh, or you've got these other avenues that we talked about, Aggie Food. Yeah. You know, using these avenues as sources to be able to get uh, orders into you guys as well. And if you've got events coming up, like all of this stuff that's starting to open back up, maybe family gatherings. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, you have a family reunion. Last thing people really want to do for some of these family reunions is cook all day. Yeah. Spend it over a hot pit somewhere trying to yeah. cook for a family. You know, give Carol and Major an opportunity to just supply that food to you and have an event that uh, that you guys really don't have to worry about the food side. These guys take care of that for you. Uh, they bring it out to you and cater it or get it ready. You can pick it up and take it out there and look like heroes either way. So these guys are in the in the business to be able to take care of their customers and continue to grow it. And every customer matters. Right. Every one of them matters. So we want to continue to encourage you guys to keep doing what you're doing and growing your business. And then we want to encourage people out in the community okay. to spend some money with you guys. Go out and give you an opportunity. I mean, you are not going to be short on food yeah. coming out. Major's got a heavy hand when he's up there <laughs> dipping it out. So <laughs> and this uh I'm going to have to try out this Alfredo, this Alfredo business that we're talking about on six bucks. So, mm-hmm. so we really appreciate you guys spending some time with us and sharing information about your business. We love having you guys on. It's a great opener for us for season two. Thanks for and, having uh, us. Man, yeah, we, you, just, man. we just, we just look forward to, to being able to see you guys continue to grow in the community. Wish you guys nothing but the best in the future. And if there's anything we can do thank for you, you. we'll be more than happy to help yeah, you. So, you. again, M&M Catering, reach out to these guys, 979-575-9625, and let them provide you with your food needs for your next upcoming event. Or even if you're just looking for a lunch or dinner, these guys can take care of you on. And uh, good people doing good things in our community. We're, we're blessed to have you in the community. We're so grateful for you guys. So thank you all for coming in. You're welcome. We Thanks. appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks, Major. Appreciate it. Get you there. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys, for another episode. We look forward to talking to you all in the future. Have a great day.